Yeah. Hi. This week uh, we have got Vicky from Figs. Vicky is Rory's mum and she's amazing, just like Rory. Rory is wonderful. So Figs is Fighting Inequality for Girls on the Spectrum, which is a group that was set up. I don't know what I'm doing with my hand. And it has loads of followers and it's a great group. Um, so yes, we're going to have a listen to that podcast. What else is going on this week? Uh, We've got... I'm dying inside. You're dying, are you? No. If you want to get a Prime membership for £10, you can do that using the code FW10. Mm-hmm. Or there's links all over our Facebook page that you can follow. And yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to go and listen to Figs now. Yeah. We hope you enjoy it too. We love a net and we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of your frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory natters. You know what? Hi everyone, it's Jenny here, back with another Sensory Matters show, and today I'm chatting to Vicky. Hi Vicky, how are you? Hi, hi Jenny, I'm all good, thank you. Good. Now Vicky and I met last November at the Autism Hero Awards that Chewy Jeb got nominated for, and we had a good old chat over dinner, and then we've met again at the Autism Show, and Vicky is one of the people behind FIGS, and FIGS stands for Fighting Inequalities for Girls on the Spectrum. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely right, yeah. Yeah. So if anyone wants to go and check that out, you've got a Facebook page, you've got a website, which is figsuk.com. We have, and we're on Twitter as well. Great. And that's just figs, is it? Yeah, it's figsuk. At figsuk. At figsuk, yes. So that's where you can go find out about Vicky. And what she's doing with figs, with her, because you've got two other ladies involved. Is that yeah, right? figs was set up by a woman called Mandy um, in December last year, and now it's got 2,700 members. So I'm part of the core team, I'm helping to coordinate figs. Um, but Mandy's the person who set it up. Um, and then there are, there are about 30 admins on the Facebook page because it's enormous. Um, we've got regional groups. But yeah, I wasn't right in at the front end, but I've been in quite a long time, and it's an amazing group of people. Brilliant. And so how, how did you end up getting involved in it? Well, I'm a parent of um, an autistic girl and we didn't know that Rory was autistic until she was um, nearly 13. Um, what happened was that we had we have had an amazing, gorgeous daughter who's been a bit quirky at times. She's done things differently. We've always wanted to celebrate those differences, but she got quite severely unwell when she was in secondary school. And when we were accessing mental health care, most people um, were saying, well, we think it could be anorexia, we think it could be this, we think it could be that. But one amazing mental health nurse said, actually, these patterns look like autism. Do you know anything about autism in girls? And I didn't. Um, It turns out Rory is autistic. That's, you know, that's who she is. She always has been. And that's fantastic. But that knowledge that she's autistic has stopped other routes happening, other diagnoses in a positive way. It stopped other things being pinned on her that aren't accurate. Um, And what Figs is trying to do is trying to ensure that autism is one of the first things that are thought of when a child um, presents with with the array of things that, that are associated with autism. So sensory difficulties, for instance, as well as communication difficulties. And why FIGS is important is actually a lot of those criteria are based around boys' experience or the male experience. Yeah. And it's really yeah. hard to pick up girls. And so we're trying to campaign to get 
autism to be thought of initially and um, for teachers to understand particularly for parents to not think autism is a dirty word it's not at all um, if you're autistic you're autistic you always have been but it can help unlock different ways of doing things um, for kids and families um, so being involved in fix is trying to get girls recognized if they're autistic as being autistic more easily so that adaptations can be made to keep them safe and happy yeah, one of the things that you say on your page is that um, you kind of feel that girls have been let down by the system. Absolutely, that's definitely the case. And we've got members telling us all the time um, through our Facebook page, we've got a lot of sound bites out on Twitter as well, that autism isn't considered at all for girls. They're trying, um, lots of the professionals will say, they're quirky, they're overly anxious, um, they're depressed, they've got anorexia, they've got bipolar disorder, the borderline personality disorder, OCD, there's nothing we can do, there's nothing there. And even if they try and treat girls for those disorders that they don't actually have or maybe have be acquired because they're trying to cope with their world that isn't designed for people um, who are autistic, and so they are being let down because actually you can't cure and shouldn't cure or treat autism. But if someone becomes unwell, you have to accept or accommodate autism because it, it influences how, um, how you might do talking therapies with somebody yeah. or how you might understand how they, um, how they experience the world and why certain things are so difficult for them. Not having a diagnosis really doesn't help at all because everything's being laid on top of... Um, of something that, that isn't true, that isn't right. Um, so that's, you know, they are being let down. They're not, not being diagnosed. The diagnostic criteria are male-oriented. Um, things like eye contact, which um, autistic girls quite often can mimic or can do. Um, they'll look, my daughter looked at the top of your eye. She knew you were supposed to make eye contact. So she wasn't actually making eye contact, but fleetingly it would look like she was. And that's like, well, she can't be autistic then. Um, having friends as well, um, which autistic girls, a lot of them, know that you should have friends. They're always trying to fit in. And so they will have friends, um, if you look at it superficially. Those friendships are real struggles and they're very um, tentative friendships sometimes or very um, fast burn friendships. Um, and dismissing someone being potentially autistic because they have friends or think you think they're making eye contact, that's, those are things that happen all the time for girls. Um, and people need to look bigger at the whole, the, the more broad picture um, of Why how girls are presenting. Happening? Why is it happening? It's, it's hard it's, for me to unlearn what I know. Yeah. Know what I mean. So it's, it seems crazy to me. But it is, as far as I understand, um, the, the diagnostic criteria for autism were written quite a long time ago. Um, and when autism or Asperger's syndrome was initially presented and dis discussed, it was presented as being almost exclusively male, um, male disorder, for want of a better word. And so the diagnostic criteria are very much about a male presence a classic presentation, perhaps um, limited or restricted verbal skills. Um, whereas what we actually know about autism is girls, females are autistic. And it's possible that as many females as males are autistic, it's just the criteria make the numbers look like one in four female to male ratio. So we really need to look at those criteria and look at that understanding because it actually holds girls back. And we have members all the time saying, well, they were dismissed from the um, autism assessment because the schools say that they're absolutely fine in school. Um, and that's because the girls are masking 
when they're at school, um, women, not obviously just women, but um, women, female social skills tend to develop earlier than male social skills. And what, what lots of autistic women and females and older girls are telling us is that they knew they had to try and fit in so they would copy and they weren't being themselves when they were at school. So they were holding it all together at school and pretending, putting on a really, really tough front or a really holding holding things so tight that when they got home, they would explode. Um, they would be, you know, in tears, harming, potentially not eating, um, having full-on meltdowns or even shutdowns. So they're unable to speak because the stress of masking at school um, has been so overwhelming for them. Yeah. And the school are part of the diagnostic process. So a parent saying, my child is, my girl's doing this, my girl's doing that, I'm really worried. And are saying oh she's absolutely fine in school she's fine in school and then what happens is a full circle then the the, th the thoughts are that there must be something wrong at home and right. girls tend to get stuck in that loop um that there's something fragile about the girl or she's um it, it, she doesn't have enough self-sufficiency to get by not thinking actually she could be neurodiverse she could be autistic and school is a horrific environment for her yeah. not surprising she feels safe enough to be herself at home yeah now, there, there is a bit of a, a movement basically saying that we shouldn't say we shouldn't say that you know there's girl autism and boy autism and they're absolutely yeah um obviously because every autistic person presents in their own unique way which makes completely sense. but what i found interesting on your website is um the statistics around the time to diagnosis and the difference between boys and girls which clearly then <laughs> shows that they are getting missed, doesn't it? Because I think you've got the average Absolutely. age for a boy seven and seven point eight years, and for a girl it's nine point two. Absolutely, and the length of time—not just the age, but the length of time that people are in that um, diagnostic process for girls—is um, is wrong as well. It's not—it's not okay to um, have those differences. I don't think people. I don't think a lot of professionals are looking for autism soon enough. So with a girl, they'll be looking, as I was saying earlier on, for other reasons. Yeah. Whereas for a boy, they'll be thinking, oh, boys can have autis autism, boys can be autistic, and they'll look for it much more quickly. Um, and girls are being let down because this is a you know, critical stage of somebody's life, your, your childhood, your adolescence. It's when you find out who you are. Um, and if you're autistic, that's cool. That's fine. You know, you're not broken. You're not um, deficient, but you're autistic. And it, and it can help people understand themselves better and be really happy and successful adults. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the absolute the age range is quite striking. We've got lots of members who've got a son and a daughter on the spectrum. And um, they're reporting that the boys um, entered the diagnostic pathway at two or at three or at four, yeah. um, whether they're older or younger than their sibling. And the girls did might have entered the pathway the parents raised concerns um, and it's been dismissed and the girls haven't entered the pathway until they're loads older sometimes in their early teens yeah. even if they've got an autistic yeah. sibling yeah well do you also think that it's it's even if you've got an autistic sibling who's who's male and they presented in a certain way and you've got a, a daughter as well that maybe even as a parent you miss it because they are so good at masking and like exactly what you said about Rory, that you kind of put it down to her just being quirky and her own yeah, person. Absolutely. I think that's probably really true. But I think we know now that autism is, is, inher is an inherited um, yes. condition and that there's likely to be someone in your background, diagnosed or undiagnosed, um, maybe even yourself as a parent, you know, um, who's autistic. So 
it's not necessarily somewhere you look, but if a sibling's diagnosed and another child is different to their peers, for want of a better word, then it should be taken really quite seriously, I think, by professionals or by someone listening seriously to that parent's wonders about their about their child and, um, and what's different about them. And are they different? And is, is that um, autism? You know, are they autistic? And if they are, then don't just deny it because of somebody's gender. Yes. So what what needs to happen? Is it as simple as changing the diagnostic criteria? I mean, well, I don't. Is that, <laughs> I, I say that's simple because I know it's not. There's an awful lot of loops and you know red tape that would have to happen to enable that to happen. But if that happened, would that solve it? Well, it would definitely make a massive contribution. I mean, there's there's no way. I don't think that we'd get those criteria changed um, as fixed. What I think will make all of the difference is awareness that girls can be autistic. You know, yeah. it's not a male a male condition. Girls can be autistic and girls do present differently to boys. So let's start looking as the people who spend most time with them when they're growing up. And if, um, if there are things that the school are saying or seeing, that actually maybe schools should be more aware of autistic presentation in girls and just think, well, actually, this girl who only has male friends... Um, who is really unsettled in transitions and coming into um, school at the beginning of school every day or whenever you change year groups or whenever you change teachers um, who doesn't like group work who doesn't have a voice in the classroom um, whose parents are saying when she comes home she just melts down if schools had an idea about how autism presents in girls a bit more clearly then they might be saying actually yeah when she's at school I'm looking a bit more closely when she's at school, this is a bit different. This is this is something that we should probably explore further because that's what would make the it would just turn lights on for people. I think that's what we need to do is get people really thinking. It's not wrong. It's it's different. Um, and what can we do differently? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of your big things is is the the damaging effect of not getting it spotted in terms of people's mental health it can be quite devastating absolutely that applies to, to boys and girls of course um but yes it can be really really devastating and one of the um there were so many aspects to it but people um my daughter many of the members daughters have created really unhealthy coping strategies um because they they're struggling with who they are. This is this is prior to diagnosis and um, prior to knowing they're autistic. And obviously, it's a difficult transition to find out you're autistic as well. But OCD is a really horrible condition, and that's one way that lots of girls will try and take control of themselves and their environment because they know they're different. So they're trying to gain some control somewhere. OCD is really dangerous. Obviously, self-harming is you know really dangerous condition. Um, suicidal thinking that I don't fit in, I must be wrong, I don't deserve to live. Um, eating disordered or disordered eating as perhaps it should be um, considered. Lots of autistic kids have sensory problems. Food is a, is a real sensory experience. It's why it's amazing. Um, and actually that's one really clear trigger, um, one really clear sign from when children are really young, when they have picky eaters or fussy eaters. Actually it could be sensory and let's have a think about that as part of the mix but disordered eating can be part of the control thing as well if you're losing control of the world around you particularly when you go to secondary school then you can control what goes into your body and that's really dangerous as well yeah. if you're not diagnosed then the work that um, professionals do with people with disordered eating 
it doesn't work most of the time for someone who's autistic because it's talking therapies, talking about emotions. A lot of autistic people have struggle to identify and then trying to force people to eat foods that is a sensory nightmare for them. Yeah. Um, and the same with OCD, there are talking therapies. Um, again, we, they have to be adapted for someone being autistic until you're diagnosed, that adaptation doesn't happen. So the mental health conditions get worse. Um, and, and that's what's so dangerous about not understanding if someone's autistic or not. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to touch on a few more of the stats that you've got on your website as well. Um, so of the people that are in your group, you said there's nearly nearly 3,000. Yeah, 2.7 thousand at the moment, yeah. Yeah, in, in less than a year, which yeah, obviously shows that this there is a real need for you to fight for these girls because there are yeah. families out there feeling this way. But one of the stats you've got there is what support does your daughter receive in their educational setting? And 40%, which is huge, have said absolutely none. Yeah. Um, so is that, is that, do you have a handle on that statistic as to whether that is diagnosed people or pre-diagnosed people? Um, I'm pretty sure that was diagnosed people. Um, but what happens, diagnosis or otherwise, is that if a child is academically able, in an educational setting, then there were lots of barriers to them receiving in, in England. It's called an EHCP. I'm not quite sure what it's called in, in Scotland or other parts of the UK. And that EHCP is a real struggle to get. So if they're academically achieving and they're not awarded an EHCP, then the additional support they'll get in school will be negligible anyway because it's not funded. Um, and teachers saying well you know they have to wear uniform but lots of people aren't allowed to wear things like ear defenders in school um which is which would, would make all the difference in certain environments you know and children don't need autistic children often don't need to wear them all the time it would be an assembly or indoor pe or something but they're denied having um different uniform adaptations you know clothes can be a real nightmare labels of course we know that they can be a nightmare for people but even just the feel of certain fabrics against your skin wearing shoes and socks for some kids is really really tricky and those kind of adaptations cost nothing they've got no cost associated with them but it would make kids feel so much safer in school or, or less actively uncomfortable um and you're having a one-to-one -one in a, a school is pretty much unheard of now if you're in a mainstream school um there's very very little support out there so yeah it's it's really really difficult it might be that um school mainstream schools aren't right for some children whose sensory profile is so high yeah. or who have been so unwell before their diagnosis and are still recovering yeah. um, because all of their senses are heightened yeah. but yeah having support in school or just support for the fact that you're autistic even if there isn't any additional support yeah. is something that our members talk about as well because i think i think the thing um that i think must be hard for teachers in a mainstream setting is allowing adaptations that meet the needs of that child but don't impact on the, the needs of the other children in the class or disrupt the class and that must be the real balancing act so I'm thinking of your uniform adaptations is that is that why the schools say no is it because they view it as opening a can of worms well if she can do it why can't I and I, I would guess that there is that. I mean, schools are asked to be um, very compliant. I think compliance is something that we demand of kids a lot more now. And um, the behavioural policies in schools, schools are judged on them. You know, they're judged by Ofsted. And if you have a child who wants to wear black tracksuit bottoms instead of black scratchy 
school trousers it actually doesn't affect anyone else in the school um, but yes you're absolutely right then you'll have everyone saying but why can't I and actually what we need to do is be kind and say actually for Vicky wearing black scratchy trousers is is horrible it's really horrible for her and she can wear we know that and she can wear her black tracksuit bottoms she can't wear pink ones or green ones um, and if you have something like that horrible then tell us you know it's not wearing ear defenders is a bit like wearing glasses I normally wear glasses Jenny yeah. and I need to wear them to see all my contact lenses yeah. actually yeah. someone needs to wear ear defenders to be safe yeah. you wouldn't tell yeah. someone they couldn't wear their glasses without a letter from an optician people turn up at school yeah. with glasses on all the time we don't take them off them and see if they've got prescriptions in the lenses yeah. and yet for a child yeah. with um, autism no you can't wear your ear defenders no you can't have um, earbuds in yeah, it's, we have the same thing with chewy gem sometimes in schools. And people absolutely, yeah. That as well, but again, we, we view it as a, as essential as glasses, etc. Yeah, yeah. People, yeah. Okay. Um, another stat that you've got is: um, Have you ever been refused access to CAMS support, irrespective of diagnosis? And that is an whopping sixty-six percent saying yes. Yeah, that is really scary. Um, CAMS are um. Aren't under so much pressure. I mean, it's a service that is absolutely breaking at the seams. Um, the government say that they're investing um, in CAMS. Um, there isn't any evidence of that happening on the front line. Um, also, in lots of areas around the country, CAMS are the people who diagnose children with autism. Yeah. Um, so you've kind of got a double whammy that if you're trying to access CAMS because your child is in distress um, with you know, very severe anxiety or self-harm or talking about suicide, they're often being turned down um, because they're not suicidal enough. I mean, that is an absolutely tragic phrase. Yeah. Um, so the thresholds are, are rising ever higher and if you're presenting to CAMS with a child who's autistic um, diagnosed, CAMS are saying in many incidences, ah, oh, well, oh, um, anxiety travels with autism. There's nothing we can do about that. Um, it's, ne it's, it's what happens with autistic people. Or they'll try and help, but with unadapted therapies because they don't have enough specialists with, um, with the adaptations that are needed to do things slightly differently or, or quite differently, actually, for an autistic child. And if you're presenting with an undiagnosed child into CAMS, so, the waiting lists are so long and the thresholds are so high that they're treating, they're firefighting yes. the mental health yes. conditions before the diagnoses are being considered. Yeah. So it is absolutely terrifying. Um, and all roads lead back to CAMS. If your child is um, admitted to hospital, you're discharged back to be seen by CAMS. So even if you go down the private route, if your child's still um, unwell and still deteriorating and ever needs to be hospitalised for anything um, to do with their mental health or self-harming or not eating, then the discharge happens back into CAMS. So you kind of can't, we can't avoid them, can't short circuit that. Um, they probably shouldn't be the ones who diagnose autism because that's just making their lists even longer. Um, I've just got a small dog climbing onto my lap so apologies she might make an appearance in a moment um yeah and um and people are being discharged as soon as they get diagnosed people are being we've had lots of um chat on our facebook page today people are being told okay you're autistic then we're discharging you your daughter's autistic we can't it's nothing to do with cams job done go away um and that absolutely isn't job done i mean having the diagnosis will help that child and that family understand more about them 
themselves, but they're still unwell. If they've presented to CAMS, they're probably unwell yeah. as well as being autistic. Yeah. Um, and it's really frightening. Yeah, that is frightening. And another frightening stat is from, from first concern raised with the professional um, to um, getting seen um, and having a formal diagnosis, 3.7 years. Absolutely. And we're talking about children who are 12. That's a quarter of their life, basically, you know, a third that of their is life. Insane. It, that, that absolutely. Is just, yeah, absolutely bonkers that, that it's... I mean, you can then, it makes sense that you're going to have mass impact on your mental health because going through that for that period of time, and that's from when the first concerns raised with the professional, there's probably maybe a year or two or three before that, that you as a parent are thinking. Mm -hmm. Wondering. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a very long time for that person not to know why. It's or... really, yeah, it's really terrifying. And what the, of course, the the horrible irony is that the sooner people are diagnosed, um, the sooner they can start to learn about themselves, the sooner their families and other professionals around them can start to work out how that person's autism affects them, what helps them feel happy, what helps them feel safe. And actually then you start to avoid some of the really horrible um, mental health conditions that run alongside it. So the sooner you diagnose a child, the more chance you have of having a really healthy, happy, autistic adolescent and adult. Um, and there's a financial, you know, if you if you were looking at the money, you know, it, financially, if someone doesn't even care about kids, but they just care about their um, the balance sheet, it saves money as well. I mean, this is what we can't work out. We can't work out why there's so much deniability about people are neurodiverse. We know that. Get over it. Let's just help people recognise that it's their neurodiversity that makes them experience the world differently. Stop putting negative labels on it stop saying that there's something wrong with the child or the adolescent or the adult and just say actually you know actually you're autistic okay it's like being left-handed you know yes exactly yeah you know? and even even i think dyslexia for example has lost that bad image absolutely yeah when when that was you know first banded about it was seen as a bit of a oh, i don't know disappointment or a label i don't know what the right word is but i I think it is seen now very much as exactly what you're saying, someone's left-handed or right-handed. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Um, and that's where we need to get to, really. We need, I mean, you were asking a little earlier on about what, you know, what would make things better. We need autism to not be seen as a negative connotation, you know. Absolutely, people who are autistic have difficulties, but actually that's normally because they're navigating a world that is not designed for people who are autistic. Um, but we need autistic heroes. We need actual people to say, yeah, I'm autistic, you know, here I am, this is what helped me. We need children or parents who have that suggested to them. Autism might be what's, what's underlying things to go, oh, okay, yeah, makes sense. Um, and then everybody can just... Yeah, work better together um, you know it's a fundamental part of who people are um, and it makes life for people um, my, my daughter um, knowing she's autistic for the rest of her life will hopefully give her some knowledge about things that are going to be easy things that um, she has real talents in and real skills in um, and things that she might not want to go and work in a rock concert on the stage doing sound checks that might be really horrid for her um, but she'll be able to design the lighting systems you know it's, yeah. it's about finding out who you are not thinking there's something wrong with me it's just like that doesn't suit my neuro my, my neurology yeah. 
Um, and this is where we need to get with autism. We need to, I, well, I think, and what FIGS are trying to do is trying to make people aware, make people accept and make people accommodate the needs of autistic girls um, and women um, in a way that, in a really aspirational way. We want to be really aspirational about this. Yeah, definitely. And backing up what we'd said about if you don't get an early diagnosis, you 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 get all kinds of other comorbidities. And Absolutely. And the stat on your site again is sixty nine percent who've got who've been diagnosed with autism have comorbidities. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And with girls, quite often, what we're finding from the anecdotal evidence, people don't consider autism until a girl starts to develop mental health problems it's you know it's one of the first times it gets mentioned so those those mental health those co-concurrent conditions are there um, and they're building and they are causing massive problems for that child um, you know it's you don't I'm trying to think about a situation that, which I would love is that healthy happy kid teacher says oh do you think they might be autistic yeah. you know that someone hasn't got unwell first um and that would that would be fantastic yeah absolutely um and just a few things for information for people that you've got a template on your website which you can write to your local mp or smp yeah um that you can download and edit with your experiences you've got a great map which shows um who the mp is and what the local education authority is um, and you obviously have your petitions and things that you do, but also you've got your regional groups, which you've mentioned. Yeah. Um, the regional groups are great because they're looking at um, things from local perspectives. So There's different areas. There is no standard autistic autism diagnostic criteria in the country. There's no standard for it. You can use lots of different things. They're done in different ways, there's different pathways through every CCG. So as well as our big site, the regional sites are trying to focus in on local support groups, um, helping people who might be within that same area. Um, and you know the local nuances to support as well. And what's the best way for someone to find their local group? Well, um, if you search FIGS, F-I-G-S, on Facebook um, or go onto our website, then the groups are set up by regions of the country. So it will sound a bit strange, but each region run is run by um, health authorities and M -M MEPs are run by regions. And those are areas that we're going to be developing in the future to put pressure on a regional basis. Yeah. Um, so find where you are, find what county you are. And weirdly, Essex is in east of England, not in London. But you can join whichever one you want. If your part of Essex is, is right next door to London, then be there. But if you're right out on the coast, you might want to be in the east yeah. of England site. Okay. Um, and they're growing at the moment, and we're starting to grow and develop them. Um, it's been really busy. It's been amazingly busy on FIGS, um, but with horrible stories, like really, really horrible stories. Well, that was something um, and we questions if you could give us like a couple of examples of the most shocking or heart-wrenching or disappointing stories that show give a real example of why this is so important so um we have many members telling us that when they're raising concerns with the school um the school will often then turn it around as a safeguarding condition on the 
parent and um, social services will be called because they're saying the child is fine in school this parent's hysterical this parent's fabricating um, what's happening and schools also investigating fabricated and induced illness because they're not seeing in school what the parents are seeing at home so you've got a parent and this has happened multiple times um, people reporting this on our site you've got a parent who's dealing with a child in absolute crisis and actually the school are calling safeguarding which is critical it's absolutely critical we have safeguarding things in school but turning safeguarding against the parents um, so the parents then having to deal with a whole a whole series of safeguarding concerns and and all every single person has talked about that has said that social workers have come to the house and said no absolutely not we don't know why this has been called what's happening we've got people with um, whose children are signed off school through anxiety um, probably by a GP, not just a parent saying, um, it's. I think it's called school refusal, we don't like that, it's school-induced anxiety um, for an autistic child and the local authorities taking parents to court um, for non-attendance um, and then in some instances threatening care action for the child because the parents aren't making them go to school even when the child is signed off by a paediatrician or by a GP with anxiety that is causing them more harm by being at school. Those kind of stories are just heartbreaking, um, but there are thousands of stories. We thought our own story, we thought we'd been so unlucky, and actually um, Rory was diagnosed in seven months. She, she was very unwell, but it was only seven months. As you can see, we've got people um, five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve years. Um, we've got loads of autistic women on our site as well um, who are going through the diagnostic process now having been told all through their lives that there's something wrong with them um, and actually they're autistic you know um, people being di diagnosed in their 40s and 50s and suddenly things making sense to them so I guess that's the happy the happy side yeah. um, but um, yeah it's it's really really horrible it's really horrible um, and the stories just of, of girls obviously with it being fixed girls in absolute mental health crisis unable to access any care um, or any support diagnosed or otherwise you know suspected on the pathway two-year waits and you've got a nine-year-old telling um, telling their parents um, they want to kill themselves all the time and even trying to and those are the kind of things that are so horrible that are really, really difficult. Um, we're not actually a support group. Um, there are some amazing support groups out there um, for girls, um, people specifically for girls, um, parents of girls, and also um, really general support uh, support groups. What we are is trying to campaign. We're trying to get actual stories out there that this is actually happening across the entire country, um, every single part of the country. There's no area that seems to have nailed it. And there's no golden standard to, by which this should be held by. There are some fabulous private um, organisations who are really, really understanding of girls' autism and diagnosis um, and people who have been told and denied and turned down and rejected by the NHS many, many times have finally found some of these highly talented psychologists and psychiatrists who specialise in um, female autism and are saying, your girl is absolutely meets every single criteria. I can't believe this hasn't been picked up before. Um, so that's what we'd like that gold standard to be part of what, what anyone can access. Yeah. But for your group, anyone that joins can become one of your foot soldiers to help. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we're doing a massive, I don't know when this will be brought 
podcast, we're doing a really big campaign on Twitter at the moment. Um, it's called hashtag girls can be autistic too. Um, we've got lots of sound bites out there. Then we'll have, we have calls to action through the year. Um, or we have done this year anyway, we'll be even more specific as we start to solidify um, with letters to MPs campaigning. We've been up to the House of Commons a couple of times now and attended the um, all-party parliamentary group on autism yeah, and the big mental health debates. Was that, was that productive? Um, that a- APPG wasn't in the sense that it was absolutely packed. I mean, the room was totally heaving, but the questions that were asked by people um, were great. But, you know, it's... Um, there's a five-year plan or a 10-year plan in the government to deal with autism you know that our children will be adults by then we need we need things to move faster um and yeah we're going to continue to kind of bother people up in the house of commons um local mps are normally really good on an individual basis um we'd recommend anyone writes to their mp um if they're having trouble if they've got good cause to think that their child's autistic just write to the MP because they can sometimes put pressure on but you shouldn't have to write to an MP to get um, access for health for your child um, so you know that's a bit of a shame but yeah people will be our foot soldiers um, and it's you know it's a really good I think I'm so proud of Mandy um, for setting up um, and for Helen who's there as well and all of the other admins because everybody's a volunteer but we've all got a really clear common aim which is this this isn't okay this isn't fine and let's change things and you know be bold about it so you must you must have a couple of goals you know like what some that are probably quite big goals that will take a while to get to but what's what's what would be your first like whoop we're making a difference success well i mean we we've we would really like people to stop saying things like, oh, she doesn't look autistic. I mean, that would be lovely. But um, for a teacher, for people working in education to just consider it, or people at a bus stop, um, if you say, oh, my daughter's autistic, I go, oh, okay, all right, I know a bit about that, or I recognise that, because actually it's, I'm, I'm now in a world where a lot of the people I work with or deal with or work in fix, autism is now known and it's, people have had to become experts in it. In the big world, um, that's not the case at all. So we would really like to raise that awareness. Ultimately, it would be fantastic to have um, autistic people going in and doing training in schools. Um, a lot of things are done for autistic people, but not by them. So we would really like um, autistic women to be going in and, and saying in schools, you know, with fixed umbrella name, hey, I'm autistic and, you know, this is this is how it is to, to girls who are diagnosed or just to everybody um, and just to have that happening all around all around the country so that people really do um, you know do know what it's like and do think about well yeah that's cool that's okay that's fine I understand now I get it so that is some of our aims I don't you know we don't want to be prime ministers or presidents but we do want to stop some of these inequalities being perpetuated because it just it is it's unfair, it's utterly unfair, um, and our focus is on, on girls, um, but it's, you know, it's for all autistic people, children, adults, it's not okay what's going on at the moment, um, and, you know, that's, that's really what we want to get to the bottom of, awareness, acceptance, and accommodation for, you know, accept, um, adjustments being made throughout, you know, throughout life, so that you're not forcing people who are autistic to do things that are damaging to them. And celebrating people's skills, you know, autism is seen as a deficit. Actually, it isn't. It's different. And the talents of, of my kid and 
all of the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of autistic people in the country far outweigh um, what we consider um, to be difficulties. So let's celebrate that and let's stop talking about negativity and, oh my God, I have to do this for the autistic kid or, oh, you know, let's be, let's just be really positive about it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think you're right. Well, it has been fascinating chatting as ever. I love chatting to you. We must do it oh. more, more beers another time. That would be really nice. Yeah, you and Lorraine and Vicky had a, a good few gins at the <laughs> show, didn't you? Um, we did. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was nice not to be repeated um, until <laughs> next time we see each other. Yeah. But Thanks, Jimmy. The world to write. Anyway, have you got um have you got a kind of final message to the world that you'd like to say? Oh, it's the whole world. Um, <laughs> what I would like to say is that since we first said that Rory might be autistic, we've had to, I've had to upskill myself, so's um, the rest of the family, um, and to know that autism is just a thing, um, that it's just your, just different, you're just a different person, you just have a different neurology, and that's what we want to, that's what I want to do, is make that the case, and that's what Figs want to do. We just want it to be seen as as really straightforward and diagnosed straightforwardly and not have not put people in danger um whilst everybody argues about what it is and let's um let's just let's just get on with it and make and make the world a better place um okay fab so if you're listening and you have a girl on the spectrum or you think you might have then go find figs and become one of their foot soldiers and help them change the way things are for the better That would be lovely. Look forward to seeing you there. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. So that was Vicky, Rory's mum from Figs. That was really, I really enjoyed that podcast. What about you? I thought it was interesting because I, I displayed like a boy. Yeah, that's what I found very interesting because Jamie displayed as a boy. Um, so her autism was picked up fairly quickly because you've never masked, have you? Like Why a lot. Why would I mask? Well, a lot of girls do mask. Yeah, but I've never, I've never understood why I personally would mask. No, I don't. No, well, I don't know why you don't, and I don't know why you displayed yeah, in the way that I you don't did. Know. Personally, or did. I don't. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess. You never just, did the typical autistic girl thing. I guess just because they're typical doesn't mean that they're always. And autism is such a large spectrum that everybody displays differently. There can differently. be boys that can portray like typical girls and vice versa. Yeah, and boys mask as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, but the statistics. I, Oh, I would I, I could get into this big debate about how maybe it's influenced by gender stereotypes, but this doesn't seem the time for that. Well, we could do that another time. Yeah. I think that'd be quite interesting. But the statistics, anyway, speak for themselves. They were very interesting to hear um, <sighs> about CAMs and about how boys get diagnosed at, like, around seven, which was when you were diagnosed. Yeah. And then some girls are waiting until their late teens. Um, or even later. Yeah, and then the, the fact that misdiagnosis of other mental health issues and the fact that late diagnosis causes more mental health issues. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. It was very thought-provoking for me. What about you? Um, I I just was, I just thought, this is interesting, but it doesn't apply to me. doesn't apply to you. Which is kind of awkward because I'm a girl with autism, but I'm not a girl with girl autism. Yeah. And it's a bit awkward when you read, like, if you're like this, you're a girl with autism. I'm like, but I just I don't display like a typical girl with no. autism. I display like. But a it's good boy. that there's a group there fighting 
for yeah, girls. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. And, and it's just hard to relate to, to be honest. Yeah. So if you're a parent of a girl or you're a female on the spectrum, go over and like the Figs page. It's really, really good. They've got loads of statistics on their website. It's just fantastic. And thank you so much, Vicky. That was a, an amazing podcast. And we're going to go and do something. Bye. Don't this forget. the wrong end of the QEDM. Don't forget. £10 for a Prime membership until the 4th of November using FW10. Bye. You know what?